Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more, right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Zuby, of course, host of the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. And I wanted to drop a quick message here with a very quick and simple but important request. And this is that if you are someone who has been listening to this podcast for a long time, I would strongly encourage you to please support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Zuby Music. I'm looking to expand the podcast this year. I'm also going to be working on a lot of new music this year, releasing new singles and a brand new album. And if you're someone who enjoys and appreciates my work as an independent artist, I would massively appreciate if you could support me financially on Patreon. Now, by doing so, you're going to also get access to the Team Zuby community as well as other perks. We have a private chat group on Discord, so if you want to stay away from Twitter and all the wildness and craziness of social media and just be talking to like-minded people, including myself, then you can join that. You can become a supporter from as little as $2 a month, and you can join the Discord for just $5 plus a month. Please check it out. That's patreon.com forward slash Zuby Music, Z-U-B-Y Music. Would love to have you on board, and it'll really help me to grow. Thank you. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stunt me destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. It's the first one of the new year, 2021. Here we are. We all know last year was a tough year, and uh, we don't know how this one is going to be just yet, but we do hope that it's going to be better. And while we are on that positive vibe, I want to introduce today's guest. His name is Stu Massengill. He is an entrepreneur, he is a peak performance strategist for Tony Robbins, and he is also the founder of Finding Direction. So welcome to this show, Stu. How you doing, man? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Happy to have you here, man. So I've done a, I've done a little brief intro there, but for people who are not familiar with you, tell them a little bit about you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my name's Stu Massengill. I am a national trainer for a gentleman named Tony Robbins, who uh, maybe some of those listening have heard of. Tony's, you know arguably the number one success coach on the planet. And so I'm a national trainer with him basically pre-COVID. That's traveling 340 days a year alongside him, um, going into companies and working with different organizations. Now with COVID, we're more virtual. Um, so we're doing that all in a virtual way now. So no traveling. And then on top of that, 
Um, I'm the founder of Finding Direction, which is kind of two part. Uh, one, we have a podcast that's all about helping people figure out what they want to do with their life. Mm -hmm. And then on the second front, we're launching something called Finding Direction University. And that's kind of more of a hands-on approach where we're helping people go through that process of figuring out, you know, really what you want to do with your life. Awesome, man. So yeah. when I when I uh, talk to people on the show, I like to, you know, it's called Real Talk with Zuby. So I like yeah. to kind of go go deep. So rather than starting off with everything you're doing right now, I'm curious to learn more about the about the backstory. You know, I was reading through your bio and it sounds like, you know, you've had a, you've had an interesting life. You've had a lot of ups and downs. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, I would say two of probably the biggest ups and downs that I've had was when I was 19, I was introduced to a business um, by a friend. And basically, he and I temporarily dropped out of school, went full force in this over the next four years, built a business that did about $8 million in revenue. Mm -hmm. And it was like what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I was I was living that cliche saying of you never work a day in your life if you love what you do. Mm -hmm. And basically overnight that was taken away from me more or less to just save a long story. Um, and I kind of got in this place of what the heck am I supposed to do with my life? Like I thought I was living my purpose and then all of a sudden the next day that purpose was taken away from me. And so that was probably one of the biggest things that I faced. And that's kind of what birthed finding direction is that like, that was one of the most painful things I ever went through in my life is feeling like, why am I here? What's my purpose? Why am I on this planet? Like it was just such a painful place to just be lost really. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really one of the biggest things. And then in that same space, when I was trying to figure out my life, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. And so that happened when I was 23, two days before my 24th birthday. Mm -hmm. um, and I was on this whole you know, I'm going to find myself through traveling. I'm going to go travel for seven, eight months and, and figure out who I am. And long story short, more or less two days into that, uh, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer, canceled right. the whole trip, um, and then went through that whole process of, you know, recovering from that. Uh, and yeah, so I would say those are de those are definitely two of the biggest obstacles that have kind of come up in my life. Yeah, but I mean, are, if you're comfortable, I'd love to kind of go into those a little in a little bit more, more detail because that's like a very... That's a very high level overview. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Someone listening will be like, wait, hang on. Like, firstly, explain this, explain this, uh, you know, million dollar business built by the age of 20. Right. <laughs> and then you'll also have people like, what's it like to be such a young man and get diagnosed with testicular cancer? I mean, that's not something that happens to most people. We all know people who have been diagnosed with cancer or who have suffered from it, et cetera. But for it to hit someone at such a young age, I mean, that must have really especially that timing. I mean, what was, what was that like? Can you go into a little more detail? Yeah. So for me, I am an innately a extraordinarily positive human being. Good. Um, someone once told me a quote, they said, every moment of sadness is a moment of happiness. You'll never get back. And I like, I try to live that to the deepest core because I truly believe it. Like mm. if you're upset, if you're angry, if you have some negative emotion in turn, that means you're losing a positive emotion you could have had. Um, sure. And so when I was diagnosed with cancer, you know, I was supposed to be in New Zealand for seven months. And when, you know, I went through the whole um, process of like going to the hospital and to just break it down for any guys listening to this, all I would say is just check your equipment um, and go get regular checkups from the doctor. But basically, I noticed some like abnormalities and I went to the hospital and for like two days, they were just like, 
you know, no idea really what's going on. Um, doing like ultrasounds, scans, all these different things. And basically at the end of the two days, they brought me into the office, the classic like movie scene, like, all right, sit down here. Um, and they're like, all right, sir, like you, you know, you have some sort of tumor. It could be benign, meaning nothing, meaning nothing, or it can be cancerous. But we suggest you get on the next plane flight home and go see your doctor. And so basically I did that. I went home um, and probably 12 hours later, I was sitting in a room with my doctor and he confirmed he was like, yeah, this is testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I think the biggest thing that I got from that is, again, I'm a really, really positive person. So when I was told that I had cancer, for me, all it meant is this is supposed to happen. This is part of my story. This is going to be something that'll make me stronger as a human being. And it's not going to kill me because I'm not, I'm not done with my time here on this world. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the perception I took, but for a lot of the people around me, they sort of took a perception of you have cancer, like that, yeah. you know, that's like scary, yeah, um, yeah. you know, but I, I, what really helped me is I went to everyone that was close to me and I said, Hey, don't treat me any differently. Don't act like I have something that can kill me because if you treat me in that way, that can plant a seed in my brain mm-hmm. that can then ultimately grow. And we don't want that seed to grow. Um, so that was probably the most powerful part for me was just building a community around me that supported the beliefs that I wanted to have through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting that even, you know, as I'm healthy from the cancer now and go throughout life, that's now become a reoccurring theme of how do I surround myself with people that will support me in the beliefs that I want to have in my life that'll support me to live the life that I want. So, yeah. you know, I would say those, those are a couple kind of the nuggets in the deeper of what happened there. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, how did you, at that time, how yeah. did you have that mindset? Like, where did that, where did that come from, right? Mindset is something that we all build and work up over time, but most young people, if they're in their, their teens, their early right. 20s, et cetera, even, even up until their 30s, I mean, some people never get their mindset, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm wondering at that time, I mean, where did you get that? I mean, that's a, it's kind of like a level of, uh, of stoicism, almost yeah. to be able to frame it, especially at the time. I mean, maybe in hindsight, I think when right. things happen to us in hindsight, you can look back at them and frame them in a way that now that you're out of that situation. But I mean, at that moment in time, um, wh- where did you kind of get the, are you just naturally wired that way? Or <laughs> was there like something you'd read or something you'd experienced prior to that, that really ingrained that in you? Yeah. Um, I love that. So I would say it's twofold. One my mom, she's a coach. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of grew up with parents kind of like prime pronging me here and there of like little positive messages. Um, but I honestly didn't really become aware of that until I was 19. And I really went like full force into business. And mm-hmm. in that process, I became like utterly deeply obsessed with personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would go to conferences once a quarter, I would be reading books every week, I would be listening to audios every single day. Like I lived, breathed and ate personal development. And because of that, and I did that for about four years, okay. um, it just, it just built this incredible mindset, I guess you could say, mm. um, because I was just learning from really successful people. That's kind of what brought me back to Tony Robbins because yeah. when I was 19, I was first introduced to Tony. Um, you know, and then eight years later I decided to start working with him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I, w- I would say it was, really the four years that I was just immersed into everything I could get my hands on within the personal development world. Okay. No, that makes sense. I mean, 
I like gym analogies and <laughs> I compare it to, you know, I think just the mind has to be trained just like the body. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, if you take someone who's totally untrained, they've never lifted weights before. And I don't know, you throw on a hundred, a hundred fifty kilos on the squat or on the, you know, hundred kilogram bench press or something, right. They, they'll, unless they're just a freak of nature, right. They're going to, they're going to get flattened by it. But yeah. if you've done the, if you've done the work over time, then you have the strength to deal with it. I think it's very similar with the mind where you've already put in that four years of work. So when this thing sort of just came sideways at you, you'd already had done the preparation for like that battle of being like, okay, this yeah. is here and this is how we'll deal with it. Cause I, I mean, I, let's be real. I mean, most people that would, that would, that would crush most, that would crush a lot of people, man. That would really crush a lot of people. Yeah. I think you nailed it on the head. It's like, our mindset is honestly our most important muscle in our entire body. Mm. And like 2020, I mean, cancer is one way to expose it. 2020 is another way to expose yeah, where real. your mindset at. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, we were just talking at it before we, before we hopped on the live, is it like 2021 is not going to look extraordinarily different than 2020. And it's like, if you don't learn to strengthen that muscle, that mindset, mm. then 2021 may flatten you again. If 2020 flattened you, right. If we stay in that analogy, 2021 may do the same exact thing if you can't strengthen that mindset. And so, you know, something that was interesting that one of my mentors once told me is he says, most people in the world, they spend 90% of their income neck down, right? When 80% of your success comes from your mindset, comes from neck up. Okay. So it's really like, you know, how can we strengthen that muscle, not just through cancer, but even, you know, more relevant as we go into 2021. Mm. How did you start working with Tony Robbins? How did you meet him? Uh, yeah, so I originally went to one of Tony's events probably eight years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just went as like an attendee. I was just trying to learn and I heard about Tony's live events and that they were incredible. And so I went and sure enough, my life was massively impacted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over the next probably the next seven years, I would just go to his events occasionally. I would volunteer at an event. I went to one of his events in Australia, um, did some coaching with them. And then eventually kind of came to a point in my life in that lost space of like, what do I want to do with my life? And I'm a big believer that when you don't know what you want to do with your life, you easily can get overwhelmed because in today's society with social media and all these different outlets, there's sometimes it feels like you're in the middle of an ocean and you don't know which direction to swim. Right. But the reality is like, if you look back on your life over the last five, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, there's probably three or four or five things that you've always been pulled towards. Right. Whether that's traveling, whether that's helping people, whether that's marketing, like whatever that is. And for me, one of those buckets was helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a concept that I was taught ironically by Tony Robbins is something called modeling. And it's that whoever is the best out there, what you want to do, if you can model them, if you can study them, you can compress decades into years. Mm. And so for me, Tony was that person. I call him the goat, the greatest of all time. Um, And so I knew a friend that knew a friend that knew a friend that basically knew someone in the company. And Mm. so I was able to get connected with them um, and then brought onto the team. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you, we were talking about 2020. I want to just, uh, jump back to that a, a second. What was the, what was the biggest thing you learned last year? That's a good question. Um, I would say the biggest thing 
that I learned in 2020. Or you can, or you, or if, or if there's multiple, you can, you can give a couple. Yeah. Um, I would say the power to like have a strong mindset to pivot. Mm -hmm. Um, because like you look at this year and I'll just like, I've had a front row seat to watching Tony pivot in this world that we're living in. Mm -hmm. And one of the craziest parts is like a massive amount of his business came from doing live in-person events with 10,000 people. Yep. COVID comes overnight. That's not possible. Mm -hmm. And so to really look at how, despite a majority of the business being shut down, that he still found a way to show up, to help people and to grow the business mm -hmm. um, was huge. So like one, I think one of the biggest learnings that I've had is like, despite what's going on in the world, there's always a way. Yep. Like sometimes we get into this place of going, oh, it's just not possible. I can't do it. The circumstances are too against me. COVID's been bigger than anything before. Mm -hmm. I'm, it's just not going to be able to happen. There is a way no matter what, if you force yourself to get in a positive state mm -hmm. and look at what are the options, like you can always find a way out of any situation. Yep. Um, so I would say that's one of the biggest, I would say that's probably the biggest lesson that I got from 2020. That's a, that's a big one, man. How can people, as someone who studies this and who lives it and breathes it, you know, for someone who is maybe listening to this and who is just feeling like, you know, after the past year, they're just feeling, they're just feeling beat down, you know, they're just in a yeah. somewhat, you know, let's not say depressed, but you know, they're in a, they're in a low state. They've maybe, maybe lost their job. You know, they're not seeing their family, not able to see their friends, do all the things they typically enjoy. And that's a lot of people. Yeah. What are the tools or are there any particular tips or strategies that you find are effective to help someone just get and perhaps stay in that positive mindset? Because, you know, let's be real. I mean, the past year has been hard. I, I'm very, yeah. I'm like you, I'm very optimistic. Like I'm a very, <laughs> I'm a very positive, very positive, ambitious, optimistic person. But man, this past year has been it's crazy. It's been damaging to the psyche. <laughs> like it's been, yeah. it's been tough. It has been tough. I've had moments where I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I want to like just a combination of anger and like sadness and grief and loss and just like all these things combined and it's just heavy. So yeah. um, how can people get out of that state? Yeah, I would say one thing, one like simple tool that you can use is that if you can start to understand that at every moment of your life, you're making three decisions. Okay. And the first decision you're making is what are you going to focus on? The second one is what's the meaning that you're going to attach to that? And then the third one finally is, well, then what's the action that comes from that? Mm -hmm. And so let's say we're looking at someone that is 2020 has just knocked them on their ass. You're, you're just really not in a good place. Yeah. Like you want to start to ask yourself, well, what am I focusing on? And chances are maybe you're focusing on loss. Maybe you're yeah. focusing on, 2020 was an awful year. 2020, I lost my job. 2020, I struggled financially. And the meaning you're giving from that is that, you know, life sucks. I'm not happy. This isn't 2021 may look the same, right? Maybe that's yeah. the meaning you're starting to build. And then the action you take is probably not going to be an action that supports you to get out of that situation, mm. right? So that's maybe one person's perspective. Now, let's say someone else goes, 2020 was awful. It was not a good year. Um, but because I got maybe laid off, Maybe what I focus on is, well, what's the opportunity here? Did I really love that job? Was that my dream job? Was that the thing that lit me up every single day to feel like that's what I was called here to do? Mm -hmm. If it wasn't, well, then maybe what you focus on is, well, what's the positive that could come from this, 
right? What is something else that I would want to do that could really allow me to live an incredible life? Yeah. And maybe that's what you start to focus on is, well, what's the positive in this? What's the seed? What's the, the thing that I could take away and say, hey, 2020, I learned this lesson, mm-hmm. right? And then you focus on that. Now, the meaning you give it is, well, hey, maybe there's an opportunity out there for me to do something that I actually really love. And then the action you take is probably one that supports you to get there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I would say that's one thing that, that people can simply do to start to shift that. And another thing that's interesting in a sense is... Some people in 2020, it was just a matter really of some people's prayers actually being answered, you know, where maybe someone was in a job that they didn't like and they go, man, this job sucks. I don't okay, like yeah. it. I'm not very happy here. And and you got you got your wish. You got yeah, laid yeah. off. Right. You're not working there anymore. But yeah. because we're focusing on the loss and not what's the positive here, that's going to create different results in our life. Mm. Mm, I like that. That's that's some real talk right there. I mean, to, to add my own things, I mean, yeah. the other two, I, the two I tend to fall back on are gratitude and perspective. Those are the things I always, I always fall back on. Right. So Absolutely. like you said, instead of focusing on the loss or the negatives or the things that you want, but don't have, or the things you want to do, but can't do just being very grateful and hyper aware of all the things that you do have. Yeah. Right. If you, if you're, if you're healthy if you've got your friends, if you've got family, if you have a roof over your head, you have an internet connection and the ability to listen to this podcast, the fact that you can even hear, the fact that you, yeah. you know, if you have eyes that are working, every little thing, you know, every single finger, every toe, every little thing that's around you that you normally totally take for granted just to to focus on that. And then at the same time to, you know, just maintain perspective and think, okay, actually there's seven, there's seven point something billion people in the in the world. If you're yeah. listening to this podcast, chances are you're probably in the top 10% of them. Um, and you're certainly in the top 10% of people who have ever walked the surface of the earth in terms of the opportunities available to you, in terms of health, in terms of lack of war, lack of famine, all the things that used to just, yeah. you know, have human beings dropping dead left, right, and center. I mean, even the fact that we're, you know, we're in a we're in a pandemic now, but, you know, some people don't like it when I say this, but if you're going to compare this pandemic to ones historically, this is nothing, right? <laughs> like if, if you look up the Spanish flu, if you look up the bubonic plague, if you look up, you know, some of the, yeah. some of the pandemics of the past where, where people were just dropping dead in the streets, like just, you know, you didn't need the media to tell you that there was something going on. Like right. everyone was just getting hammered, you know? Um, so right. in the grand scheme of things, it's like, okay, yeah, it sucks, but <laughs> right. It, but relatively, things yeah. are still great. You know, things yeah. are still great, even if someone's lost their job. Right. As long as you're not out on the street, destitute, shape, shaking a cup to, you know, try to get some change. If you still have a roof over your head, you've still got access to food, et cetera. Then, you know, you're ultimately you're still blessed. Yeah. 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 One thing that I do in that same practice of gratitude is every morning that I wake up, I write down 10 things that I'm grateful for, mm. you know, and, and just like you said, like it can be. I'm grateful because I did this in business, or it could be grateful that I have air in my lungs, right? That my heart's Mm -hmm. beating for me every single day, thousands of times, and I never have to even ask it to do that. It just does it. And I'm alive because of that, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think practicing the gratitude, that's absolutely huge. And if you can implement that into your daily life, just wake up, write down five, 10 things you're grateful for. That's going to slowly allow you to shift some of your perspective and focus. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Tell us a little bit more about your company, Finding Direction. Yeah, so Finding Direction it was really birthed out of that place 
that I touched on a little bit of just feeling lost, stuck, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and, and yeah, just feeling in a horrible place. And because of that, and because I was determined enough, I said, you know, I'm going to find a way and I'm not only going to like find a way and settle and be like, okay, you know, I'm making a little bit of money and I'm, you know, alive. And like, I was like, I want to figure out what, what's really going to light me up. Because when I was in that business for four years, I got, I got a taste of, you never work a day in your life if you love what you do. And they say, once the mind expands, it can never contract. And so when I left that, when that no longer was what I was doing, I knew that it was possible to live a life that you were so passionate about, you were so excited that it truly didn't feel like you were working. And so I became on a mission to figure out what is that for me? And it, it took about four years, I would say, to really find that. Mm -hmm. um, and then through the different tools and strategies that I kind of applied to my life in that process, now that's where Finding Direction University was really birthed of, you know, how can we take people from this place of feeling lost, stuck, no, no idea what they want to do with their life. And it's been extraordinarily relevant in the last, you know, nine, nine to 12 months. Mm -hmm. um, and how do we take them to a place that they realize that they can live a life that excites them, that has them waking up every single day going, man, like I get paid to do this. Um, and so that's, that's really what we do with that. And then the podcast is more just about helping figure out how have other people in life figured out what they want to do with their life. And then how can we reverse engineer that to give our audience the tools and the strategies to get more clarity in their life? Gotcha, man. I mean, you hear, there's often a debate about the notion of following your passion. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm someone who very much lives that and has done that. I'm a, I literally do exactly what I want to do for a living. I'm a professional musician, yeah. podcaster, author, like everything I do is very much like what I want to yeah, do. Totally. Right. And, um, and, and that's been very intentional. Like I, I didn't, I didn't have to go that way. It, you know, it was, it was a long it road to your lap. No, 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 no. Yeah. You know, I could have gone a very different way, which would have been a lot more secure and comfortable according to most people. But, um, so there's always this debate about, you know, should you follow your passion? I, you, you can go on YouTube probably, and you'll have videos saying why follow, why following your passion is terrible advice. And then you'll also have videos saying, you know, why you should follow your passion. So yeah. where do you, I have my own thoughts on that, but where, where do you fall on that spectrum? Yeah, I think, I think you, you want to do something that lights you up. So I think following your passion, yes, I think it's a good idea. But I think you need to be strategic about it. You know, some people say I'm passionate about X and mm -hmm. I'm, you know, going to do this all day with no vision of how can I turn this to, into a reality in my life. Yeah. I think when you have a passion, you want to start to reverse engineer it and say, if this is my passion, like let's say my passion is video gaming, mm -hmm. how can I in some way, shape or form build a life around this? And I think where most people get stuck is one, they just may have a passion and that's where most people go. Maybe some people build a vision and that's probably a smaller percentage of people. And then the very tiny percentage of people is the people that actually execute on that. Mm -hmm. Right. Because execution trumps everything every single day. Yep. And so what I would share with anyone is absolutely follow your passion. Right. What, what is it that lights you up? But more importantly, ask yourself, what's the vision you can build around that? Mm -hmm. And then what's something you can do today to start getting closer to that vision? And then every single day, just take a step, a step, a step, a step. And then eventually, and it will take time because there's no such thing as overnight success, yep. right? It will take time, but then you'll find yourself in 
maybe five years, 10 years waking up being like, wow, I cannot believe I have this life. Mm. Do you think, do you, do you realistically think everybody can do that? Cause that's something that I'm like, that's one of those things where cap- I think everybody's okay. capable of it. Do you think with, everyone's, with, do you think everyone's capable of earning a living doing something that fires them up? I do. Okay. Yeah. I don't think most people have the will to continue to pursue it because like there's something that I've noticed throughout my entrepreneurial journey is there's something called shiny object syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it's like, especially with social media, you'll be pursuing something that's your passion. And all of a sudden you'll see something on YouTube. That's like this person being like, Oh, I did this thing that's similar to what you're doing. And you know, in two months I built this life. That's incredible. And you're like, Holy shit, like two months, like I should learn from this person. Yeah. And you come to find out that behind that, they actually had 10 years of a background doing something that helped them build that success for that one thing in two months. And and it's that sometimes we buy into this lie, I guess you could say, that you know we can do this in a month and two months and three months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just a believer that like everything takes longer than you expect it to. It's going to take more work. It's going to take more sweat. It's going to take more um, just getting creative. Mm-hmm. And so I think most people are capable of it, but I don't think most people are willing to, to wait it out, to put in the yeah. work, to put in the time, the energy. But if people are right, and you may have to do some scrape, scrappy stuff on the side to support yeah, yeah. yourself. Yeah. But if you're willing to go through through the gutters, then mm-hmm. you could definitely come out on the other side. Yeah, it's it's an interesting perspective. Like I'm, I hear you. I, I don't know if I totally I don't know if I totally agree on it. I don't know if I totally agree. And yeah. I, what are your I, thoughts? I, I so I think um, I think you need. I think there are three elements to it. I think that I think. I think following your passion is num- is like, I think that's the sort of the artistic and creative side of me is very much like follow your passion. Yeah. And I think I'm like, yeah, but then I think there are also two caveats. I think number one, you have to be good, right? You you have to be good. Like if your passion is basketball or your passion is uh, uh being a singer or being a dancer, but you're not, right. you're just not massively yeah. talented at it yeah. then no matter how passionate you are you cannot you're not going to succeed in that exact thing you might be able to do something outside of it maybe you could be a, a commentator right? right or maybe you could be a commentator maybe you could make a youtube channel talking about that thing maybe you could have a podcast about it right you can be involved in some way but i think you i think it's i, I think it's like delusional for to say okay well you know maybe i'm passionate about basketball but I don't have the skills to be in the NBA. So, right. And then, and then I also think the, the second part is also, um, I think the second part is also, is there a demand for it? Like if you're talking about actually making a living, I think someone could be super passionate about, and, and I think now more than ever, you can make a living off your passion, even if your passion is very random and weird and yeah, niche. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I've seen enough weird YouTube channels to to see that people can make a living doing all kinds of things. But I think there there has to be at least enough. There does have to be enough damage. Sorry, there has to be um okay. enough of a demand. And I think, yeah, I think if you can get those three things, I think if you can find something that you're passionate about, you're good at, and there is some market demand for it, then I think I, to me, that's like the trifecta of like, okay, like if you've got that, you're going to be a, you're going to be a happy person because then 
like you said, you, you feel like you're not working, right? Then you're just, you're doing what you're good at. You're passionate about it. You enjoy it. There's a demand for it. People are willing to pay mo- compensate you for it in some way, shape or right. form. And then you're, and then you're good. So I think those are like the additional. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with following your passion, yeah. but I, th- I, I like to like add those little, those caveats just so I don't like have someone thinking, yeah, you know, I really love football. So I'm going to be like a, pro football player and it's like well are you are you good yeah at football? you know like, are, you, yeah, are you are you are you are you like not just good are you like world class are, are you one yeah, of the best one percent of the couple hundred people world. are you best couple hundred people in the entire world at this thing um yeah so yeah and and i think it comes down to to like you know when living a life that's built around your passion that doesn't mean that you're making a million bucks a year yeah you know it's like well would you would you rather have someone pay you two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to do something that you just don't enjoy you don't like you don't wake up excited about your life or would mm-hmm. or would you rather make you know eighty thousand a hundred thousand dollars a year doing something that you're stoked on mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. it's like also coming into that sort of conversation where it's like you know you don't have to make a million dollars doing what you're passionate about to be able to live your passion that's true that's true um so in terms of what you're what you've got planned for this year what are your plans for excuse me what are your plans for 2021 yeah. So over the last two weeks or so, I took kind of a deep dive into like reviewing 2020 and looking at like, what were some of the professional wins I had? What were some of the professional discoveries I had? What were um, some of the things that brought me the most joy in my life? That was a really big question for me was asking myself like, all right, in 2020, amongst all of the craziness in the world, amongst all of the things that I was doing in my professional life, what brought me the most joy at the end of the day? Yeah. And what I did is I went through like my photo album on my phone and just looked, I kind of like went through all the photos to get like a refresh of 2020. And one of the biggest discoveries for me was where I got the most joy in my life was through doing things with people that I really love. Um, And mostly that being like trips, whether it was going away for a weekend, whether it was going on a week long trip, but like that was something that brought me the most joy was surrounding myself with people that I truly love. So for me, as I looked at that as one of my takeaways from 2020, now in 2021, I'm going to be much more intentional about scheduling time to go away with people that really mean something to me mm-hmm. and and just be with them, you know, just be present with them and be in that space. So I would say that's one of the biggest things of 2021. Um, another big thing in the business aspect was last year I discovered the three Ds, um, okay. which is do it, defer it, and delegate it. Okay. And sometimes in business, I become a person that tries to do everything and guilty. <laughs> yeah. And, and, <laughs> and when you try to do everything, sometimes it becomes overwhelming in a sense. Cause you're like, well, I got to do this, that, this, that, that, mm-hmm. and that. And mm-hmm. then like, you're just like, oh, this is a lot. Yeah. Um, and really what I learned that massively changed my life last, last year was an emphasis on the delegate mm-hmm. was what are the things that I'm good at that bring me the most joy and then what are some of the more technical or, you know, things that I can do, but they don't bring me joy and they're not even the things that I'm the most skilled at. I'm just doing it because I need to do them. Yeah, yeah. And so last year I delegated all of those things and the amount of just like incredibleness, if that's even a <laughs> word that it brought to my life was amazing. And so as I go into 2021, I'm keeping an extraordinarily top of mind of what can I delegate Mm -hmm. um, so that I make sure I'm doing the things that are most effective 
with my time and that also just bring me the most joy. So I would say those are two of the biggest things I'm, I'm focusing on 20 and 21. I hear that. What's your process for a delegation? How do you determine the things that you need to do or that you have to do versus the things that you should delegate? Yeah. A question that I always ask myself in almost anything I do is the 20, 20, 80% rule, okay. which is like, what is either 20% of the things that I do that bring me 80% of the joy, or it could be what are 20% of the things that I'm doing that are driving 80% of the results. Mm. Um, and so for me, sort of when I can look at that question, I can go, okay, this is like, let's say the podcast, for example, right? I have my own podcast and, you know, 20% of what brought me joy and what I really enjoyed was actually doing stuff like this, like having conversations with people, researching them, figuring out, you know, where did they come from? What was their life like? What built them into the person who they are? Mm -hmm. And then that's really what I enjoyed. Most of the things I didn't enjoy was editing, was finding the guest, was, the scheduling, all of those things. So mm -hmm. I basically just found someone um, that could do all of those things. I just went through like, you know, an interview process. Mm -hmm. um, and then I brought someone to the team and now they do everything for the podcast. I just do the parts that I actually enjoy. Yeah. Um, but I would say that question of the 20 to 80%, mm -hmm. that's really what, what gives me an insight on what am I going to delegate and then what am I actually going to do? Yeah, no, that's a great perspective, man. Um, Another question I have is for, again, thinking of people who are listening to this, you know, we're early on, very early on in the year. And what are your thoughts on, what are you, firstly, what are your thoughts on New Year's resolutions? I know people who are for them. I know people who are against them. I don't really make them myself. I, I Maybe I do in, in a, a way, but not, not in the, any sort of traditional way. I'm, I'm someone who kind of has like rolling kind of like rolling goals. I don't yeah. think, I don't think there's anything magical about the first of January that <laughs> makes me be like, okay, this year, maybe, maybe, maybe if I were someone who had like some like really, really sort of like negative or dis destructive habits or addictions or something, right. it would kind of be easier for me to be like, okay, I'm going to quit smoking this year or I'm going to stop drinking. But like, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I, I already, I already don't do those things. Yeah, sometimes I feel habit. like I, yeah, sometimes I feel like I need to pick up some horrible habits so that like I can so that I can like break them and then like make a big deal about it, you know? Yeah. Because um, I see other people like, yeah, you know, I've been sober for one year and I'm like, man, I've been sober for like, you know, <laughs> a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> over well over a decade. Um, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on New Year's resolutions? Do you think that they're generally a good idea, or do you prefer to do things in a different way? Yeah, I think what it does at New Year's is it allows you to sort of measure where you're at in your life. Okay. Um, and one of the things Tony always says to us is that you can't manage what you can't measure. And so I think really what happens at New Year's is it's kind of like a worldly thing is the entire, not the entire world, but a lot of people with their New Year's resolution go, all right, I'm going to measure what happened in 2020 mm -hmm. and what do I want to shift? What do I want to change so that I can get closer to my ultimate goal? And that's what most people are doing for New Year's. And I think that is a great thing to do, right? Now, because people do it once a year, it's like, let's, like they say there's this analogy of a plane, yeah. is that when a plane's flying, let's say from San Francisco to New York, I think more than 90% of the time, the plane is off task, but it has to keep correcting so that it ultimately gets to its destination. Mm -hmm. So what's happening when people have a New Year's resolution is they're setting new intentions, they're measuring what happened last year, and then they're going on autopilot for 12 months. And then 12 mm. months later, they're going, okay, let me relook at my life, measure, adjust, pivot. <laughs> and it's helpful. It's better than not doing it. 
But what I would suggest to people is how can you do that maybe on a quarterly basis? Okay. Right. So maybe every three months, you you imagine every three months is January 1st. And you go, okay, what happened in these last three months? How can I measure it? How can I adjust? How can I pivot so that I can get closer to where I ultimately want to go and track and measure if I'm actually if I'm actually on track, if I'm on pace to get to where I want. Mm-hmm. If you want to be more meticulous, do it every month. If you want to be even more meticulous, do it every week or do it every single day. But the more you measure yourself, the more you can know, are you on track? Are you not? And then you can pivot to get to where you want to be. So, you know, I think New Year's resolutions are a great thing, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, quarterly resolutions are an even better thing. I hear that totally, man. Yeah. And when it comes to setting goals, what's your what's your personal way of setting goals? Um, I'm a big reverse engineer person. Okay. So, you know, figuring out what is it that I, that I want to achieve and then how can I break that into, you know, let's say in 2021, I have a goal that I want to achieve X. Mm-hmm. Well, if I want to achieve X in 2021, what do I need to achieve each quarter? If I want to do that each quarter, what do I need to do each month, each week, each day? And that's kind of how I break that down. Okay. Um, as far as like in the number sense, um, and then in, in the other part, you know, a big part of my goal setting, especially this year is just asking myself, how can I be more present? How can I experience life more? Um, you know, because sometimes I get caught up in that achiever dilemma of go, 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 do, 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 achieve, 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 create, 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 do, do, do. And then all of a sudden you get at the end, you're like, holy shit, what happened the last six months? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, You don't get to enjoy it either. Really sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I, that's something I, I can suffer from like where I just, I work so hard and I go, I just, Every day, day in, day out, seven days a week, I'm just going hard. And then like, I find it hard to, even when I want to relax, I find it hard because I, I start feeling, I start feeling guilty almost, you know, yeah. I'm like, oh man, I should be, I haven't hit my goals yet. Like I should be doing something. I, maybe I should edit, I should edit this or I should film that or I should write another song or I should yeah. do, put out another tweet, post another thing on Facebook, you know, and it's just, I need to get better myself at. I think one thing I actually need to do this year for me personally, maybe this is my resolution is I actually need to, I need to like relax more. Hmm. Like I need to allow myself to relax more and like just rest more, both in terms of actual sleep. My, my sleep last year was averaging less than six hours a night. Um, So I need to sleep more and I need to just like allow myself every day to, you know, relax, even if it's for like an hour or two, just to, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Cause I do feel like, okay, I always have to be doing something. And, and, and you know what it's like when, when you feel that way, oftentimes what you start considering productive is not actually productive. You know, you you just start finding yourself on social media, like just looking at stuff or post sure. about it. It's like, okay, Grab there's not, hold. yeah, there's, there's not, there's not, there's the intentionality is gone. You're just doing something for some reason doing that feels better than like playing Xbox. (laughs) Right. You know, like if I play Xbox, I get that guilty feeling. If I'm there, like on Twitter, like putting out stuff and interacting, then even if it's not business related, like I somehow feel like, okay, this one's work, but that one's bad, you know? So I need to, that's something I personally need to work on. Yeah. Yeah. One of the biggest lessons I got when I was in my early twenties, um, was because I had success in this business. My whole, belief was like, when I get to this point, Mm -hmm. I'm going to feel happy. I'm going to feel achieved. I'm going to feel accomplished. And then when I got there, I kind of had this moment of like, this, this is it. Um, and something that I learned from Tony is, Mm -hmm. you know, he's like, when you get to that moment, who's the person that ultimately decides that you're going to be happy at that point? It's you. Mm. 
right? And so it's like, well, then why wait to be happy? Why not? Like there's this saying, it says, don't achieve to be happy, but happily achieve. Mm, And so that's something that I've kind of put into my life is rather than me trying to get here so that I can be happy, you know, how can I be happy now through the process of getting to that goal or to that place? I hear that, man. What's the biggest thing that you think that you need to work on? The biggest thing that I need to work on. That's a good question. Um, So I know when, when people listen to these podcasts or like certain people or whatever, they, I think they get the idea of like, oh, you know, these guys have no problems or like their mindsets (laughs) are so right. You know, you you kind of get that, that guru thing where it's like, oh my gosh, like this guy is just like, everything is going well and it's fine. And it's like, yeah, like, nah, we're, we're, we're all still human. Like I'm still on this journey trying to like, yeah. You know, I've worked out some things and I like to share the things that I've worked out with other people. I think you're the same, but it's like, man, there's a whole lot that I'm still, I'm not there yet. Yeah. 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 I think the biggest thing that I need to work on, um, is getting closer to someone that I can model to get to the goals that I want to get to in my life. Because I'm a big, I'm a big person that's like, just do it and go and move and figure it out along the way. And you do that enough, eventually you'll get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would rather take action than sit around for six months and go, well, what's the best way to do this or do that? And then what if I do this and that doesn't work? Like I'm more so like, let's act now mm-hmm. and I'll figure it out along the process. I think one of the biggest things I need to work on is pairing that with, okay, well, what's the real strategy that I want to implement here. And more specifically, who's someone that's already done this, that knows the strategy that I could Mm -hmm. just pick their brain and learn that strategy. And then, you know, really get to where I want to get quicker. I think, I think that's a big thing I need to work on. I hear that, man. And what are your, what are your long-term goals? What is it that you're trying to achieve in this life? Yeah. The biggest thing is just making an impact um, and really helping people. I just feel that, that that's why I'm here in this world is to just make an impact. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's one of my long-term goals and a big, Part of that is with finding direction um, and finding direction. We have three pillars, which we are two of the three pillars right now. One is the podcast, two is the university, and then three um, will ultimately be live events, mm-hmm. right? And so helping people come into a live event, not knowing what they want to do with their life in a matter of two or three days, helping them really get clarity on what they want to do with their life. And so that's really a big vision, um, long-term vision. Mm -hmm. And then another long-term vision is just making sure that I massively, massively, massively enjoy the process. Um, you know, because I don't, I don't want to say, Oh, you know, I want to have those three pillars and build that, have this many people that we're impacting. And then that's when I'm really going to enjoy my life. That's not the approach I want to take. I want to go, how can I extract as much joy as possible and passion and fun and fulfillment in this moment right now Mm -hmm. and continue to do that every single day while I'm achieving some of those goals that I have yeah. in a business sense. I get you. And how do you measure your achievement? Because I'm, I'm similar. Like I always say, I'm, my, my life goal is to have a positive impact on over 10 million people. Right. Um, and I mean, I, I put, it used to be a million, but I think I've, I think I've possibly achieved that. Um, so, and I, I read, a, a, thank you. Um, but how, so how, how do you, how do you measure that impact? How do you do that? Is that just from, I don't know, emails and social media, or is it from follower numbers or is it listener numbers or what's what metrics or data or 
how yeah. do you how do you feel that sense of like okay i'm impacting this many people now compared to that many people before how do you, yeah. how do you measure that yeah so something interesting that's just coming to my mind that i'll share that is kind of going to be a little bit of a different answer and then i can circle mm-hmm. back to that um but so tony robbins he has this event it's called date with destiny And one of the things you learn there is something called the primary question. And essentially what it means is that every single day we ask ourselves a question at least once a day, if not multiple times every single day, Mm -hmm. and it drives us in a really positive way. But also there's a lot of not positive things we get from it because it's unconscious. Okay. And so one of the primary questions I discovered that I had this year was how, how can I make more of an impact? Um, and it's a great question because it gives me drive. It makes me want to impact people. It makes me want to help people. It makes me work longer because I, I want to make that impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a big goal to impact a lot of people, but part of the negative from it is because I'm seeking, how can I make more of an impact that by default means that, well, I'm not making enough of an impact, mm-hmm. right? That presupposes that I'm not making enough of an impact. And so yeah. I sort of reframe that this year and asking myself a new primary question, which was how can I appreciate the impact, the difference in the love that I'm creating in the world right now? Mm-hmm. And that's a, this that's, one question, that's, no, that's, good. That, that's a great question. That's a great question because it's like, yeah, maybe the goal is to impact millions of people, mm-hmm. but if I can't appreciate the fact when I make a difference in one person's life and yeah. 10 people's life and 20 people's lives, then like, you know, what does the millions really mean? Mm, and so I'm, still, I'm taking that from you, man. I'm, I'm taking yeah, that. It's yeah, been that, a huge that feels gem. very, that feels very applicable for where I, where I am right now. So yeah. And it's like, it. you know, instead of going throughout my day and going like, how can I make an impact or how can I impact more? How can I, you know, it's like, I'll stop and I'll ask myself, how can I appreciate all the impact, the difference in the love that I'm creating in the world right now? And it like, every time I ask, it gives me like goosebumps in my body of like, I'm like, I'm, making a difference in people's lives. Like I am helping people. I am creating love in this world. I am, I'm making a dip. Like I'm doing those very things. And by feeling that it allows me to show up even more present as the person that I want to be, which in turn will help me get to that goal even quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say that's kind of a big shift that I've made this year. Um, and then how I measure it is, yeah, like you said, just a lot of the analytics, you know, of, of more so looking at, you know, what are downloads for our podcast? What are, you know, our social media, what is that reaching? What are our emails reaching? Um, I would say that's a little bit more of, of how I do that. And then that comes back to the 2080 question of well, what was 20% of the stuff we did that made 80% of the impact and how can we double down on that 20%? Awesome, man. So before we, uh, before we wrap up, I've got, I've got one question yeah. that I want to ask for the, for the benefit of everyone who is tuning in, whether, whether live or you're listening on the podcast. And if you could give people a piece of advice or a word of encouragement for 2021, what would you tell them? Yeah, I would say start with gratitude, write down 10 things every single morning, whether you want to or not, the morning you don't want to do it extra, write down 20 that morning. Um, and write down gratitude and really practice gratitude in your life. I think that's the biggest thing that you can start to implement. And then just asking yourself every day, what is one thing I can do today to move in the pos- to move in a forward direction and not overwhelming yourself with, you know, I got this big mountain I got to climb and there's all this stuff and get overwhelmed with that. Just 
practice gratitude, write down 10 things you're grateful for. And at the end of that, ask yourself, what's one thing I can do today to get closer to the life that I want to live? Yeah. Awesome, man. I love it. Stu, how can people find you online? Yeah. If people want to get a hold of me, um, I would say the best place to go is, you know, we're doing some stuff with Finding Direction University. And if people want to get a free tool that we have, um, I'm a massive believer in having clarity in your life. And, you know, if you don't have clarity, you're not going to execute, right? They say the enemy of execution is complexity. Mm -hmm. And so we have a free document if people want to get access to it. Um, it's called Three Steps to Finding Direction. And if they want to get access to that, you just go to findingdirectionuniversity.com forward slash three steps and they can get that there. So, you know, I would say that's probably the best place for people to go to get in touch with us. And if you have questions or if I can support in any way, um, reach out and I'm happy to support in any way that I can. Awesome. Stu, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. You've been the first guest of 2021 and you always will be. So, uh, no doubt, man. I wish Love you good it. luck with everything you're doing. And uh, I hope people have listened to this and can take some inspiration from it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, Zuby. I appreciate it, man. It was good catching up. No doubt, man. Take care. Cheers. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me and destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.